You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 108 of the Wisdom by Wessa show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Mike Donnell. I'm Casey Wilbanks-Coletti. And this is Sofia Yagela. Welcome to Wisdom by Wessa on the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This podcast is brought to you by the Western and English Sales Association, WESA, which provides the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives of the equestrian industry. In this podcast, we feature exclusive interviews with noteworthy Western and English personalities, retailers, and exhibitors who you've always wanted to talk to. Don't miss out on all the news for manufacturers and retailers in the equine industry. Today, we'll get the chance to chat with Wes's new president, who has served on the Wessa board since 2013. Sophia, can you tell us a little bit more about the board itself? So basically, the board is made up of Wessa members who are elected by the rest of the membership at our general membership meeting. And each board member brings their own skills and knowledge to the table and then helps to make decisions for the association on behalf of all the members. Each member volunteers their time as they meet a few times a year to discuss um, kind of all sorts of things like finances, roles, and the individual trade shows, all of that with the goal of benefiting the entire membership and, of course, the association. The last board meeting just wrapped up. Is there anything that you can share about the meeting? Yes, the board members just met in Dallas, Texas, along with Amy and Tracy from our office. And as I just mentioned, a lot of the topics are discussed in those meetings, but some of the maybe more fun items that were up for discussion were the West Award winners, the West Onside Parties, and our Top Golf Tournament. And we'll share more on that later, but um, also in our West newsletter that we just mail- emailed out. How can someone join the board? So as a member, you can make your voice heard by nominating yourself, or you can also nominate another member to join the board. All you have to do is just shoot an email to Tracy at tanderson at westsidetradeshow.com, and then she'll add you to the list of nominations. Uh, The board truly is a crucial part of the association, so if any one is out there um, who is interested in joining the board and thereby strengthening the board, I highly encourage you to consider it. As Scott Tucker assumes his role as president of WESA, he brings to the role a strong history in the Western industry with a perspective from many segments of the market. He joins us today to share his thoughts. Scott Tucker, thank you so much for spending the time with us here on the Wisdom by WESA podcast. Glad to be with you. Glad to have the invitation extended to me. Well, we're enjoying talking to you. Congratulations on the presence of the organization. Let's start out for those who are among our listeners who may not have had the privilege of knowing you or talking to you. Give us just a little bit of history for yourself in the Western world and with WESA. Certainly. I've been in the Western industry now for about 25 years. I started with Olathe Boot Company when the company was still in Olathe, Kansas. So that's the company that I have the the longest origins with. And I I worked in the factory. Gosh, uh, I I did just a little bit of everything. 
uh, customer service, raw materials, procurement, production management. And then in uh, 2001, the uh, the company was bought by Rios of Mercedes family of brand, and they moved it from Olathe, Kansas to Mercedes, Texas. I remember the date as clear as a bell, February 26th, when they moved the company to uh, South Texas. I was living in South Texas at the time and working for them down there. And uh, long story short, the salesman who traveled Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri, and Iowa for them uh, selling cowboy boots, he had a young child at the time and wanted to get off the road. So he and I kind of flip-flops, and uh, he took my position in South Texas, and, uh, and I came back home to, uh, to Kansas and went on the road. And the, the rest is kind of history. I also sell Equibrand and American Hats, got with both of those companies kind of along the way been in, in sales for 22 or 23 years. I've lost track now and have loved every minute of it and always showed at the Wessa shows in January. Uh, I, I don't even know how many years ago it's been, but, but a gentleman who was actually a former president of Wessa, Scott Piper, contacted me and asked me if I'd consider running for the board. And I talked with some folks about it and agreed to do it. And uh, the rest is, is history. And so here you are now as president. And obviously over those 20 some years, the industry has changed as has all retailing industries, especially in the fashion and the clothing and the tack line. And I'm sure you've seen them change. But what would you say would be some of the more significant changes from the time you were ordering raw materials in Olathe to your uh, ascendancy to the president? Well, you know, obviously technology has been the biggest influencer, you know, and seeing just how we can do so much more with technology. All of the companies going to a B2B website, so they have buyer to buyer, making it easier for customers not to lament about it. But there are just fewer sales reps on the road than when I started. And a lot of that's due to consolidation within the industry, technology. You know, I'm fortunate enough that I still work for companies that, uh, you know, do have B2Bs, but they see the relevance in having salespeople on the road in those stores. But that's probably been the, the major, you know, two differences as to how things have evolved with fewer salesmen, more contact with companies through B2B sites. Now, I did a little research. I was looking up some, you know, I read there are four or five different surveys and predictions, but the the global growth of the Western market is predicted to continue to grow significantly. That relates a little bit to many of the people that we've talked to over the uh, weeks on this show. A lot of the brands, both large and small, have an international market. Uh, this may be helped both by the quality of the product, but also the internet and the ways to do business. And now as uh, we take a look at what's going to be coming up in the coming year, how do you see the influence and the global potential for the Western fashion market? Well, I, I think that globally, so many other countries look to America for our sense of fashion, you know, our music, our culture, all kinds of things. And I think as you see the, the Western culture becoming more ingrained here in the United States, uh, that's obviously going to spread globally. I won't, I won't name any names, but there have been some pretty substantial television programs 
that have definitely helped cultivate this latest boom that we're feeling in the Western industry. And, you know, undoubtedly, it will have a, a ripple effect throughout the globe. Well, I think you're probably right. And the shows where we all know what they are and the country music is boosting all of that as well. Well, you kind of went where I was wanting to go with it, the future. I hate to bring it up, but COVID, it did one good thing, I feel like, and it, it changed things to where there were more possibilities and it opened the doors more um, for, I don't know if I want to use the, the word remote, but people are utilizing technology more so now than we even did prior to or during COVID. Um, that's one thing that I like to see stick. But Scott, if I could ask you something about the future moving forward, what are your what are your plans? Do you have any anything up your sleeve you're wanting to try? Something new that's never been done before with WESA, the WESA members, that, that you'd be able to share with us? You know, gosh, the, the short answer is no. It's all we can do to manage, you know, what we have. I mean, obviously the move to Dallas has <laughs> been the most substantial thing to happen to WESA years and years and years, decades perhaps. And I think that that was a pretty large move. Kind of feels like we need a little bit of time just as an organization. We love being in Dallas and it's just a matter of doing the hard work to make sure that we can be successful and viable to uh, to our, our customers and the vendors that attend our show alike. Well, for what it's worth, um, we've done so many interviews with uh, WESA members, and there's one thing that's always consistent, and it's how solid WESA has been. And the members are so confident, and it's really, you know, it's been the the foundation to so many brands' success, so many retailers' success. And so if I, if I could tell you that one thing. The members I are very confident in, in in WESA itself, and I'm I'm certain there will be no change in that with uh, you as the leadership either. Well, I certainly hope not. You know, I I jokingly said that that my goal is to uh, to not make a fool of myself over the course of the next two years, and to to not make a fool out of anybody at WESA. Uh, and if, <laughs> if I manage to do that, then I, I think I, I think I've accomplished my goal. My my goals are a little bit more far-reaching than that. You know, we, we talk about WESA members already established, but anybody that might be listening to this podcast that is not yet a WESA member, what would you tell them? Funny that you asked that. We So we just went on, it's called the Mac Meeting Tours, and we went and saw some of our vendors, and we went and especially spotlighted some of the, the people who are relatively new to WESA and sat down and visited with them and really got a got a, a whole list of people who they thought would make really good WESA members, but who weren't uh, yet WESA members. And, and, you know, if anyone's thinking about WESA, I, I can only tell you this, you know, being in Dallas, we are now in the, the undisputed hub of the fashion world at the Dallas Market Center. And so if if you have a thought of becoming a Western member, your product can be displayed not only to Western stores and farm and home stores, you know, Western boutiques and that kind of stuff, but, you know, you can absolutely catch the attention of 
mainstream retailers because we have mainstream retailers at WESA and especially since we moved to Dallas. I mean, they're there for the for the fashion markets and so the crossover is tremendous. And we see that as such a benefit to our WESA membership. You know, I have people who come into my booth, uh, you know, to, to look at cowboy boots or to look at cowboy hats that are from decidedly mainstream fashion stores. I mean, not necessarily places that I would equate with Western. And, you know, they're coming in looking and buying. If you're thinking about becoming a Wesson member, you know, just know that uh, our reach goes far beyond the Western industry. You know, we we go out into mainstream uh, because of our relationship with and our location at the Dallas Market Center. Kind of an observation, I, I hope it's accurate, that d- despite what we're seeing in current economic conditions, this particular industry on the brand side and on the retailing side, I think maybe because there's a lot of real savvy business people as well as very creative people, if, if, if it's not totally resistant, seems to be able to withstand economic shifts. And I think the global prediction on the growth of the business, what you've just said about opportunities, if, if uh, new brands come to Dallas, the interest in, in our product line from uh, retail outlets that you wouldn't consider with us, it, it seems to me that uh, this industry, while it can't rest on its laurels, if it continues to work hard with really bright people, we survive the economic downturns pretty well. What do you think? Well, I, I agree with that, and, and I'd like to make a couple of points to that. So in in regards to, you mentioned COVID a, a few minutes ago, and we all know that uh, that it was a, a horrible time to, to live through, but we got through it. But one thing that has come out of it is the fact that people work from home more, and even the people who don't work from home, the people who are going to the office on a regular basis, there has certainly been a shift in their in, in the way that they're expected to dress both from from going into the office from a professional standpoint and also from working from home if you work from home you dress more casually you know denim and a pair of boots and maybe a pearl snap shirt and that has become acceptable you know not only in people who are working from home but people who are going into the office you know uh, you know they they say well I'll go into the office, but I'm, I'm not going to dress in a suit and tie like I did, you know, before. I just don't have it in me. I don't want to. And most places are so happy to have them adjust their expectations of dress code. And so, you know, boots and jeans and a pearl snap shirt are fairly commonplace now. And that certainly will, has, has helped our industry and will continue to help our industry as we just become more of a casual dressing society. And then the other thing that, that I'll say about the Western industry, I, I had a retailer who told me this and actually not to become, not, not, not to be too dark, but I happened to be in his store on 9-11. When 9-11 happened, I was, I was in this gentleman's store and he was listening to it on the radio. And I, you know, I mean, I heard what was happening and I said, man, take a rain check on this and we'll just try and do this 
some other time, you know, and he said, absolutely not. He said, I, I need to order some stuff. And he was a, he was a tax store and he said, I want to order some saddles and I want to order, you know, plenty of them. And I said, well, okay. I mean, even, you know, today, and he said, I want to do it because of today, because he said, you know, when people are faced with strife, you know, they turn to their hobbies as a form of relief. And so, you know, they, they, they start riding horses, they start trail riding, they go to, they go to team roping because they don't want to, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an escape. And I, I think with the financial woes, uh, becoming greater and greater, I mean, it is a, it is a determining factor, but I think that you're also going to see people who just want to take their mind off of it and who want to ride horses or go to a rodeo or something like that to take their mind off of it. And I, and so I think that we're real beneficiaries of that. Well, I think we are too. I think that's a very good observation. You know, your next year coming up, uh, hopefully there are no major national or international upheavals that our industry has to deal with and that you and the board are not going to be caught by surprise. I'm hoping, and I think you are as well, that this is a year when you can plan to do certain things and then carry those plans out without having to totally readjust what the marketplace is going to do based on exterior uh, things. I'm sure you guys are going to be very capable should that happen, but I think everybody's optimistic that this will be a year when the industry can grow, when plans can be completed. I think it's great that you're going to have a chance to be at the helm and make sure that all that happens. Well, uh, thank you. I, I, I hope so too. You know, I, I tell, I tell people all the time, you know, we prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And so that's, uh, that's, that's what we, we try and do. We, we certainly hope for the best and we'll do everything that we can to try and uh, promote the, the best things happening. Okay. Well, as we close up here, any other uh, comments you'd like to make or observations you'd like to share as you enter your first month of the presidency? You know, I, I'm just looking forward to a successful two years as president. We take great pride in our responsibility to our membership and, you know, just looking forward to, to trying to uh, help that membership grow and everyone flourish in the, uh, in the upcoming years. Okay. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. We'll let you go. You can get back on the road and head to wherever it is you're headed. Where are you headed? Uh, I am headed to Waterloo, Iowa. I'm actually pulled over on the side of a highway uh, on my way to Waterloo, Iowa. <laughs> okay. Well, safe travels, my friend. Thank you so much. Have a great you, day, guys. You bet. The show notes and links from today's show will be found at wisdombywessa.com. And of course, if you have any feedback, we'd love to know it. There's a contact link on the website. The Wisdom at Wessa show will be published on the 15th and 30th of every month. You can listen on most of your favorite podcast players. You can also visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. What's that? Where the industry meets.